0: Romans chapter 2. Now, we've been talking, if you were here last week, the School of Freedom, and how we talked about how God wants you to to not only like you, He wants you to love you. And I don't mean that in a a conceited or arrogant way. The Bible says if you don't love yourself, you're to love yourself, you know, as you're to love your neighbor. And so that's what it was, to help us to get, get to see that God loves us. He's got plans for you. Now, today, we're going to the second interval that we're going to talk about today, and it's the interval called judgment. And what happens is when we live with judgment or resentment, we'll end up being like the very people that we judge. And maybe this will identify you right off the bat, but many times we swear and we say something like this: "I'll never be like." Now you can fill in the blank. My mama, my daddy, I'll never be like this or this or this or this. Now, when I make that oath that I'll never be like that person, and if I do that in a negative way, you're going to be drawn to that. That's exactly what's going to take place in your life. If you've said this, I will never marry a, a man like my father. Now, most of the time when we say that, that's not said from a positive side. It can be. But most of the time, it's from a negative thought or a resentful thought. So we're going to talk about this today. Now, I'm going to tell you right now. Get get your religious glasses off and let the B-I-B-L-E teach you today, okay? Because God wanted to do something here. Romans chapter 2. Let's begin in verse number 1. Therefore, you are inexcusable, O man. That word inexcusable there means without excuse, without defense or justification. Oh man, whoever you are who judge, for whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. So if you look real close, when I pass judgment, I'm promised condemnation. When I And if you'll notice in there how many times he uses the word you. This is the Apostle Paul talking. He goes on to say, for you who who judge, practice the same things. Verse 2. But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth, and that's the word of God is truth, only the truth will set you free, against those who practice such things. And do you not think this, O man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgments of God. Now, when I criticize someone else, I end up condemning myself is what he's talking about there. And when I begin to judge other people or condemn them, that very judgment that I've used on them, it starts steering or directing my life even silently. In other words, we really don't understand what's going on, but you start moving in that direction. Well, let's see scripturally, biblically, how this proves out. Look in the book of Matthew, chapter number 7. Matthew 7, that was Paul's view of it. Here in Matthew 7, we're going to see exactly what Jesus says. And you'll see here in Matthew 7, starting in verse 1, these are red letter words. These are designed here, guys, to help us. And sometimes, and you've heard me say this a lot lately. The word of God can be annoyingly accurate. In other words, it'll come after your heart if you'll let it, in a good way. Not to push us down, but to bring us up. Matthew 7, verse 1. Jesus' words. Judge not that you be not judged. Now that word judge there, right, means to criticize or condemn. Actually, one of the Greek notes of it says, to pass sentence. So when I judge or pass sentence, note that you will be judged. Verse 2. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now that word measure there that Jesus uh, says here means to the same degree that you judge... The same standard that you judge, note in there, he said it will be measured back to you. That standard's going to come back to you, is what he's telling us. And so when I look at this, guys, this stuff called judgment is very serious. It embeds in our hearts. Now, look what he goes on to say in verse 3. Now, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye? But do not consider the plank in your own eye. You know why we do that as human beings? Because it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier for me to notice the speck in Jesse's eye and instead of having to deal with the telephone pole in my eye. And this is exactly what Jesus is getting here too. And so we must understand this, guys, that when we begin to live a life that's judgmental toward people, There's going to be some fruit from that's going to come back. Now what happens in our life as human beings when we look at other people, we we look at them in one of two ways. First of all, we denounce the sin, but then we condemn the sinner. In other words, I can look at sin and say that's wrong, which sin is wrong, but the problem becomes then when I take it a step further that I don't have the right to do and I condemn the sinner. That's where most of us live at. But where Jesus wants to get every one of us to is that I love the sinner. I just hate the sin. Now that's a fine line where I can love people, but I hate the sin. And what I mean by hating the sin, that that I'm not going to approve of your lifestyle when you live in a way that the Bible specifies as sin. What's the problem with sin? Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death. Is death. Now, that's a fine line for every one of us in here, but I believe this is what God wants us to do to get to that place. Now, to see this a little further, the consequences of judging whether good or bad, go to the book of Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. And this will give us some insight. See, The Scripture will teach us. The Bible will give us insight exactly what God wants us to do if we'll heed it, if we'll listen. Galatians 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived, deluded, or misled. In other words, don't kid yourself. God is not mocked. God will not be made a fool of. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Whatever a man plants, he will also harvest. Now the key word for every one of us today is whatever. Whatever. So guess what me and you are doing every day of our life? We're going around planting some seed. Now whatever we're planting, guess what he said? You're going to reap a harvest from that. Do you see this in the Word of God? My actions, my words, and my deeds. Now in this situation, the topic today is judgment, so guess what? If you sow judgment, you're going to reap judgment. It's going to happen. Sometime in your future, you're going to receive a harvest from what you planted. Now, remember Galatians 6-7, think of it this way. This is an eternal law. Whatever I sow, I'm going to reap. I'm going to give you a little insight on that. There are no exemptions and no exceptions. Do you know what that means? We all fall under this. Verse 8. For he who sows to notice his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And so it's going to be either one or the other. And when I sow to my flesh, that means I'm going to get my own way. I'm going to do whatever I want, say whatever I want. But you know what? There's going to be consequences for that. But when I sow to the Spirit, you know what that's saying? I place the things of God on the highest value. I'm going to honor what you said, Father God. Verse 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good. Let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season, in due season is always later than you think. Don't grow weary in doing good. Now when I look at just that phrase right there, this doesn't mean for me to do what's right for a day, a week, or a month. When it says don't grow weary in doing good, you know what that means? It's the long haul. It's every day. This must become a lifestyle for each one of us. Don't grow weary in doing good. Why? Because in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. And so I just got to keep on doing the things of the Spirit, the things of the kingdom. Now, the first principle was this. You're going to reap what you sow. The second kingdom principle that you must understand, that whatever you sow is going to come back in a greater capacity. In other words, it's going to be multiplied. How do we know that? How many of you ever planted a a kernel of corn? Well, when you open up that ear of corn, there's just not one kernel on there. If there was, that means you had a lot of worms eating on it. That's not good. But what I'm saying here is you sow a kernel of corn, and guess what happens? You get a whole stalk. And all of a sudden, there's ears all over there. It's like watermelon. You sow watermelon. Watermelon vines are going to go everywhere. Well, that's the same thing here in the kingdom of God. You must understand, whether it's of the flesh or the spirit, it's going to have a significant increase. You guys are happy about that, aren't you? You can all say amen or oh me. Thank you, Pastor. You're preaching so well today. Go to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Now, let me just say this to you. As we talk about this, John 8, 32 says, The truth will set you free. Sometimes the truth can be rugged. But it comes to how I receive this today even. That if I'll receive this truth and I'll look in the mirror of my life, then this can set me free. But listen, if you refuse the truth and say, You know what? I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to do that. That's okay. You don't have to do it. But you're going to live under the consequences of the seed you sow. And whether you like it or not, it's going to be bondage. I'm going to tell you that right now. When I obey the word of God, man, I'm going to tell you, set you free. Look here. Luke chapter 6, verse 37. Judge not, Jesus' words again, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Now, the three things that Jesus right here deals with in that verse, every one of them have to do with how I treat other people. Don't judge other people unless you want to be judged. Don't condemn other folk. And then when it comes to forgiveness, then I've got to forgive other people too. Now, those are all a choice. The problem we run into with humans is this. We say, but this is what they did to me. They did that to me. They did this to all the." And so we start looking at everything that they said. Now, if you'll notice in that verse, Jesus said, you can judge people when they judge you. You condemn people when they condemn. He didn't say that. He didn't say any of that. He said, we are not to judge others. We're not condemn others. And we're to walk in forgiveness. Now, Jesus always set the, the, the bar high, but listen, I'm not responsible for anyone else. I can't choose what Bubba does, and Bubba can't choose what I do. And so guess who I'm responsible for? Me. And this becomes a choice, and this is what Jesus is trying to get into. us. I'm sowing seed every day on these lines. Verse 43 of the same chapter. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit... Nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. So to help you understand that, an apple tree is not going to produce oranges. And an orange tree is not going to produce bananas. Not going to happen. An apple tree is going to produce apples. And so if it's a good tree, it's going to have good fruit. If it's a bad tree, it's going to have bad fruit. Verse 44. For every tree is known by its own fruit. So guess what? You and me are going to be known by our own fruit. And in this situation, if I sow bad seed, I cannot expect a blessing, okay? Not going to happen. This is what he's trying to tell us. Now, I could spend all week planting dandelions out in my front yard. Actually, I don't need to plant them. They're there. They're getting bitter in the name of Jesus. They're going away. But if you got a yard of dandelions and then, you know, I've planted dandelions all day and then I look at, at Adam and say, man, I can't wait till all those tulips come up. he'd look at me like you're crazy. That doesn't happen. You sow dandelions, you're not going to get roses. This is what he's trying to tell us here. And so back to verse 44, he says, for every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather fig trees from thorns, knew they gather grape trees from bramble bush. So here's the deal. You sow judgment, you're not going to reap peace. You sow condemnation, you're not going to reap joy, okay? We've got to understand this completely. And so what's happened here is we've set a law in motion. And you won't escape the influence of that law through your words or your actions. Or even your deeds. Now, to help us understand this just a little more, I want to read you this here today. And this will help us understand what he's talking about. He says here in another example of how the seeds we sow bear fruit in relation to their own kind. This is a story of a woman I knew who deeply resented her mother. According to this woman, her mother was the most critical and negative person in the world. Some of you say Yes. She not only resented her mother, but also avoided being around her because she knew her mother would constantly criticize her and put her down. Even though it is completely understandable why the woman would feel the way she did about her mother, she went beyond hurt and frustration into judging her mother. One couldn't be around her for long without hearing her say something sarcastic or negative about her mother. In fact, the longer I knew her, the more negative and judgmental she became about everything. Before long, she was just like the person she described her mother as being. Even more, she began to have many of the same problems with her daughter that her mother had with her. In sowing seeds of judgment on her mother's criticism and negativity, she was ensuring a future crop of reaping what she had sown. Because the law of sowing and reaping says we will reap According to what we have sown. She reaped the negative spirit from the negative seed she had sown. Therefore, she became just like what she hated in her mother. This is a dynamic of the law of judgments that we must understand. I want you to think about that. And and put yourself in this position. Have I acted in that way? Now, if you really listen to what what that was said in there, we say, it was understandable that she would begin to lash out like she did. But we must understand that when we do that, it is a law that is going in. Things are going to start happening, and that's where I said, it's silently going to start steering your life. The very thing I hated... Is what I've become. Now look into the Old Testament, into Psalm 51, and this is where we'll be the rest of the morning. Psalm 51. See, when we judge others, guys, we tie ourselves to them, and we become tied to their condition. And through our own judgment, we are now fed by an invisible umbilical cord. This is what begins to feed us. So, in saying that, here's the question. Because we found out today, judgment and resentment are some serious things, but how can I stop the curse or the seeds that I've planted through judgment? Can I do it? Yeah, we can. We can, and this is what we're going to see here in Psalm 51. Now, I I don't believe I, I have to say, if you've ever been judgmental or if you've ever been resentful. If you've never been judgmental or resentful in your life, raise your hand. I want to see you. There's a few of you. That doesn't qualify me. My motto used to be, get even. Get even. And so, I mean, I look at all this and I think, this is going to help every one of us today if we'll we'll heed this, okay? Psalm 51, verse 1. This is King David after he'd gotten into sin. He says, He says, Have mercy upon me, O God. Yes, Father, mercy is today. According to your love and kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Blot out my sin. This is what he's asking him to do. Verse 2. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Now this is where it kicks in for me and you. Listen to what David said. For I acknowledge or I recognize, or I'm conscious of my transgressions. So you know what he's saying here? This is what I've done. In other words, David wasn't trying to hide it. David wasn't trying to deny it. David began to understand that if I live by the truth, by the things that God asked me to do, and I can admit guilt, the truth will set me free. Now this is one of the first things we must understand is admitting guilt. I've done that. That is me, Father God, right there. I have cast judgment before. He goes on to say in verse 3, And my sin is always before me. You know what he's saying here? I got some regrets. I got some deep regrets. And the only way we can avoid the regrets of tomorrow are to make some choices today. And one of the choices I've got to make. Is I've got to look in the, the mirror and say. Am I judgmental? Am I critical? And then. Begin to deal with it. How do we deal with it? Well I'm glad you asked. Look at verse 4. David said against you. You only have I sinned. And done this evil in your sight. So you know what David says? Against you only have I sinned. You know what he's done? He's repented to God for judging others is what we're talking about. And so right here, he begins to renounce the arrogant attitude he had. Now, for me and you, do you want to be forgiven? There's only one way to be forgiven. 1 John nine says that if I'll confess my sin, own up, I'm guilty. You know what the Bible says there? If I'll confess my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me. So you know what he's beginning to tell us here to do? You gotta own up. You gotta be a man, you gotta be a woman, and say, okay, Lord, I've blown it in this area. Now, here's another thing that I believe is very helpful. This would be number three for you. Proverbs 18:21 says, Life and death are in the power of the tongue. When I speak judgment, I speak criticism. I've released a curse from my tongue. I believe one of the things we must do is renounce the curse. How do we do that, Pastor? Well, it's like this. You say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And I ask you right now to cleanse me. To cleanse me from all the unrighteousness. And I ask you in Jesus' name to destroy the seeds I've sown from my lips. Now, this is what I call weed and feed. You know, that's what you put on your yard, a little weed and feed. You throw that on there, hopefully kill the weeds. Well, when I begin to take ownership of what I've done in my life, that begins to kill the weeds. Now, to put a little feed on there, you know what I think you got to do? you got to ask God, Father God, come on the inside of me. Strengthen me. Help me to Grace me and mercy me today so that I can walk how you desire me to do. And I believe this becomes a thing that I do every day. If you've struggled in this area, ask God to help you. Strengthen me. Look at verse 10 of that same chapter. And I want you to see this. After David had repented of all this, look what he does. He says... Create in me a clean heart, O God. You know what that is in the message? Make a fresh start in me. This is what he was after he had blown it. I believe this is big for us that we say, All right, Father God, come and make a fresh start in me. I welcome you. And then he says, And renew a steadfast spirit within me. Steadfast. You know what steadfast is? Day by day by day by day by day. Now in the message translation, the last part of verse 10 says, Create or shape in me a Genesis week in the chaos of my life. You know what the word Genesis means? A new beginning. So you know what he's saying? Oh, Father God, shape a new beginning in the chaos of my life. How many of you had some chaos in your life? Probably a lot of us in here and most of the chaos in our life It's self-inflicted. But right here, he says, create in me, shape in me a new beginning. Now, the fourth one I want to tell you about. Matthew 12, 34 says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth speaks. And so what we got to do, to break the curse of judgment or the seeds we've sown, I must remain true to the things that I've spoken out of my mouth even today. What do you mean by that? Well, James 1 says, A double-minded man is unstable in his ways. If a double-minded man is unstable, what about a double-tongued man? So what I'm telling us here, once I renounce the sin and ask God to come into my heart and help me, I can't go back and tomorrow or next week start criticizing. Start being judged, and just repeat the process again. Because you know what happens? Whatever a man sows, he's gonna reap. So you're gonna get back into that. Now, here's the process. I gotta be careful with what well, I gotta watch my thoughts because my thoughts become my words. And I gotta watch my words because my words become my actions. And I gotta watch my actions because my actions make my habit. And i got to watch my habits because my habits ultimately lead to my destiny. And so this is what I believe the Lord wants us to do where we get in our lives and say, okay, Father God, you got to help me. you got to help me. You may look at me and say, Pastor, have you ever had problems with being judgment? Yeah, I have. And this is one of the reasons the Lord's dealing with me on these things right now. Now, to me, I like this. I like this because anytime the God starts dealing with my heart, you know why He's dealing with my heart? Because He's always got a harvest in mind. He wants my life to be so much better. And listen, once again, if you're judgmental or critical, condemning, there's no exceptions. You saw through the Word of God today. And so it's one thing that the world flows like that. That's how the flesh... You get around people... You'll hear judgment. You'll hear criticism all day long. I can flow like the world or I can begin to obey God. And even when you go to work, if everybody there is criticizing how sorry the boss is, that doesn't mean you have to. Because guess what? When you start criticizing the boss, you're going to get a paycheck. And that very thing that you criticize, it's going to boomerang. It's going to come back after you. And maybe even in your life, if you've said, I'll never marry anyone like my mother. I'll never. And so what happens once again is this. When we make those inner vows, and every one of us have made inner vows, we become more committed to fulfill those in our lives than listen to the Word of God. We'll say, that'll never happen to me. I'll never put myself in that position. I can give you an illustration that had happened in my own life. I'm a junior in high school. I don't know the Lord at all then. And so I had a football coach, guys, I despised him. I despised him. You know why? Because I wasn't getting to play. And I'd started my whole life, and we had a bunch of good seniors that year. And I'm telling you, I hated sitting on the bench. It, It tore me up. Well, our starting safety that year, he tore his knee up. He's done for the year. And so guess who's now the starter? Me. And I remembered all the stuff that coach had done to me. And I'm telling you guys, I was critical. I was judgmental. I was mouthy. And so you know what I figured out? I didn't have a backup. There was no other backup but me. And so no matter what he did, i do just the opposite. And I did what you called our defensive signals. Every defensive signal that came in, it went through me. And so you know what I would do? He'd call cover two. I'd call cover three. And I'd look at him like, what you going to do? There ain't no backup. You can't do nothing. And I remember, guys, and this may be shocking to you. You say, Pastor, we don't see you that way. Well, good. We'd go into film sessions, guys, and if he ever questioned me. So what happens here is these seeds of critical and judgmental toward that man, they start working in me. And I'm telling you, rebellion just didn't start silently driving my life. It exploded in my life. I mean, incredible. i become so rebellious to anything I could. And I look back at that now. What have you done? Well, you know what? I can't go back and play anymore. I'm not 18. I can sure repent of all that. And i said, Lord, I'm sorry. Stand up with me. See, it becomes a daily thing for every one of us that I've got to look into my life and I can't allow judgment to come in, even if that's toward a parent. You know, many times in our life, we become judgmental and critical toward our parents. You know, when you're 18, you know everything, but you don't know nothing. And then when you get to 24, you start thinking, man, my mom and dad are really smart. No, they weren't just smart back when you turned 24. They were smart when you were 18. It was just because you were rebellious. And I'm going to tell you, you may not like all the rules of their house, but you better learn to obey them. And don't be critical and judgmental. Because if that's the way you view your mom or your daddy... Guess what? That's going to be you in about five years, ten years, and I don't say that happy unless you honor them. It goes in every area of my life. Remember, whatever, whatever. So guess what? You're a farmer. Every day you're like you're planting seeds. Are some of you even kind of nervous about the harvest this year, or you're real happy? Bow your head with me. Father, we love you today.